Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network. This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Simon Green has been making music as Bonobo for more than two decades. He's a five-time Grammy nominee and is now out with a full-length album called Fragments. And he joins me now to talk about it. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good. So the bio for this album says that this was the most emotionally intense record yet to create. Tell me more about that. Uh, yeah, I guess the bio kind of says a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very quite, detailed. It's, it's a dense one. I know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't know if that's from my own perspective or from the person that wrote the bio. But um, <laughs> what would you say? Like, do you think that's correct? I think so. I mean, yeah, I find that all music is is sort of based in emotional response to stuff, isn't it? Um, I find that you know, and especially the last two years has been quite a big one for everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I use music to as a sort of cathartic way of, of escapism. Uh, I suppose it's kind of like a place I go to to sort of really, you know, process a lot of stuff and, and um, whether I'm like listening to it or creating it. So it's it has a big emotional response to me. So hopefully that translates. I mean, that's kind of the ideal situation, isn't it, to make that connection? Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a, such a beautiful record and people at KXP are so excited about it. And when you talk about kind of this escape idea, you know, I understand that you also connected to nature in a new way these past few years. Like, I understand during your last tour, you purposely would drive yourself so you could stop at different towns along the way, go for hikes, have some time to yourself, but also get out in nature. And then I understand that nature was also a bigger part of your life during COVID. I'm curious how you have felt about that new connection to nature and, and what it's done for you. Yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been a different way of seeing, uh, seeing the world rather than sort of being in the same cities and familiar streets every time. Um, well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't sort of independent of the tour. I would, I was still on the bus and I was still with everybody because I think that's, you know, that's obviously a huge part of it is the kind of relationships with everybody on the road, but I would take little detours. Like I would, I would go out for a couple of days and I'd be like, I'll see you all in Calgary or wherever it was. But yeah, I found that I was sort of, it was a good way to kind of sort of get in a, a better, better headspace really to sort of leave the environment of tour and, and sort of being able to have a little more perspective on, on the places we're nearby rather than actually just waking up in the loading bay of a, uh, of an alleyway around the back of a, of another venue. Um, it was a sort of a more interesting way of just sort of like seeing what's what's out there and and living in like Southern California, being from the UK, there's a lot of landscape here that's just very like weird and wonderful. So um, even like during you know times when I wasn't on tour and been able to kind of drive for five or six hours and be in just sort of like alien landscapes is really exciting. Yeah. And I, I mean, especially I feel like when, you, when you're talking about touring too, like for that to put you in a very different headspace, like I'm sure touring can be emotionally challenging, um, you know, the highs and lows of it. And to be able to escape like that must have been super important just for your own mental health. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, 
It got quite intense around sort of 2017. I mean, there's a lot going on in the world as well, obviously, like especially that year, summer of 2017, it was just kind of felt a bit sort of overwhelming. And that was right at the peak of touring the last record. So being able to sort of identify that that's something that needs to be addressed and to sort of take a little time out and and just sort of, you know, readjust and sort of decompress a little bit before going sort of back into that sort of world of, of adrenaline peaks and, and, you know, just overstimulation of, of being touring. I mean, it's so fun, but it also, at some point you have to sort of, you're sort of landed back in your back in your house and you're back at your coffee shop and no one really sort of knows or cares what's just mm-hmm. happened in the last sort of three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so sort of finding a way to kind of like, to you know soften those landings a little bit yeah so i want to talk about um your collaborations with vocalists uh on this latest album fragments you know i mean this was written during covid um i'm sure you had to approach the way in which you make music especially when it comes to collaborations differently because you can't you know probably in most cases you can't be in the same physical spaces and i understand you know a lot of musicians were you know going through mental creative blocks during this time and i understand that was the case for a lot of the vocalists you're working with on this you know record and including yourself i'm curious how did you push through some of those creative blocks that came with just the pandemic itself yeah i mean th- there is no real easy answer to that it was difficult i wasn't having a very good time creatively um, I would find myself just sort of the, the irony of having all of this time to do the thing that I've been trying to make time for and, and actually not having kind of nothing to say um, was a little deflating, you know? So, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't really an easy way of doing it. Um, for me, I kind of had to find ways to make the process exciting and, and, and exploratory. And I think for me, I kind of got really into modular sense which is something I kind of swore I'd never do because it just often, I'd always viewed it as a, a very expensive distraction to essentially <laughs> make sounds that, you know, it's like a, putting a fork in a blender. A lot of the, the, the experiences I've seen of modular since, but there is actually a very like um, melodic and uh, exciting sort of structural way to use it. And you can sort of create all this generative music and, and um, randomization. And for me, that was, that was a way of sort of kickstarting uh, sort of creative momentum again, when it was a little stifled because, uh, you know, the process of experimentation was, is often the best way to kind of get ideas moving. It's almost like your your modular synths were were kind of like your your co-songwriter. Like you're like, okay, I've got this general idea. Now you run with it, and then you had something that helped create something with you. That's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, you can sort of you can set these things to sort of have to create kind of chaos within a set of parameters that you've given them. So um, that was an interesting way. Because previously, I'm always looking for sort of samples on records and sort of I'm looking for something that's unexpected. And that is another way to sort of generate those kind of ideas and to sort of start, start you know, even if it doesn't end up being the, the, the thing, like it's the idea that got, that got the thing started. And speaking of samples, I love the use of a choir in the song Atomo.
Talk about some of your favorite samples you discovered and used on this record. That was a good one. I mean, that's, that was from an archive of um, Bulgarian folk music. So I think it was maybe from the 20s or it's a very early recording and it's a bagpipe choir. And it sounds very choral, well, I mean, it is choral, but it has this sort of huge cathedral-like drone and it's hard to really distinguish what's actually happening um, because you, it sounds neither like a choir nor a bagpipe. So. Um, yeah, I found that one really interesting and something like really haunting and beautiful about it. And then I sort of, I pulled it up as a sample and just sort of played around, sort of trying to reharmonize um, some ideas. And, and um, yeah, it became that track Ottomo. Any other samples that also come to mind? Kind of an interesting one. I, I, was, I was sort of looking for vocal samples and I went back into my own catalogue uh, there's one track called Closer where I sampled a record I made with Andrea Triana in 2010 for her uh, her debut album that I produced. If I can get far closer to you Far closer Closer and sort of, you know, as a vocal archive, so I was essentially sort of sampling my own catalogue, mm -hmm. which was kind of a, something I'd never done before, but I thought the vocal fit really well. Um, and it's a completely different context of, of where it was originally. So that's the first time I've done that. Uh, it's just sort of like recycle previous albums back into, back into themselves. I'm always fascinated with how collaborations with vocalists work and, and come together. And I'm assuming the vocalists that are featured on this album, each track is, is a different process. Like maybe some some of these songs start with you sending over a beat and someone can maybe full, come back with a full idea or maybe it's a little bit more back and forth. Can you talk about two different tracks on this record that featured two different vocalists and how they came or were created in very different ways or approaches? It's always uh, starts with an instrumental. Like I'll have a fairly, not a fully formed, but a sort of partially formed song. And I will send something, maybe I'll send a couple of things to see which, you know, to give p people an option. So yeah, it's more, it's more a case of there being something that already suggested the idea of getting that person in the first place. You know, I think that's, that's kind of the process is, is I have something and it kind of I can hear a certain voice on it, and then that's when I'll that's when I'll approach someone. But in terms of like lyrical content, I kind of want them to have their own voice, which is why I'm kind of collaborating in the first place. So I'm not, I'm not trying to sort of really force an idea. I'll definitely sort of steer it in a in a within some sort of parameters of there's loose themes lyrically, or there's this is how I see this unfolding but ultimately i want to kind of give people freedom to to figure that out for themselves and and you know have their own voice literally you move when I move. 
you're about to to head on tour, and I know you're gonna you have are scheduled to play at the Showbox Soto in Seattle, March 22nd. And gosh, things are changing all the time when it comes to, you know, what's happening with venues, what's happening with COVID. And I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts right now when it comes to knowing that you're about to embark on a tour right now? I mean, I feel better about the U.S. right now because it, it seems like um, there's, you know, ways that everyone's just kind of getting on with it a bit more. And, and hopefully, I mean, I'm feeling optimistic that, that this is this is a, a peak of a wave that is going to crash soon. So let's let's hope that by February and March that we're relatively in a pretty good place again. I'm I'm more concerned about like Europe. Um, we've got a lot of shows coming up in the summer. Europe and the rest of the world. It's really hard to navigate you know, sudden lockdowns and border closures and what's open and what isn't. Um, but, you know, I think back to the time when we were playing two or three festivals in, in different countries in one weekend and how that is going to take a long, a longer time to get back to that kind of touring, I think. But, you know, I don't know what else we can do, really. You have to just sort of assume that it's all going to be good and just plan ahead and and acknowledge that things are a little, you know can be a little sort of fragile and and stuff's going to get postponed and we just kind of roll with it i guess that's the only way to to go to go at it i've been speaking with Benoa about his latest album fragments thank you so much for chatting with us thanks for having me it's been a pleasure That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening. Oh.